the activity on LinkedIn is countercyclical. When the economy goes down, activity on goes LinkedIn up. goes up. Interesting. People think about LinkedIn being B2B, but they don't realize that their customer, yeah. what you sell right now because of the state of the economy is actually more active on LinkedIn than ever. Welcome, everybody, to The Chris Harder Show, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success, knowing that when good people like you make good money, they can then do great things. My name is Chris Harder, and several times per week, I will bring you epic guests, solo episodes, and every single tool, trick, and skill set you need to grow your business, grow your money mindset, and to grow your wealth to levels that you have never reached before. I've ended up in a unique place in life where I've got the experience, the connections, and all of the secrets that it takes to be successful. And I'm lifting the curtain to reveal it all to you in an effort to help put you in a position of abundance so great that you can then be as generous as possible. So let's lock arms and let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome back to The Chris Harder Show, where we absolutely believe that both prosperity and generosity can and must coexist. It is interview time with a good friend of mine. Melissa Hanels. Now, Melissa is not just a good friend. She is one of our elite mastermind members. Remember, that's the mastermind where you have to be earning over 500K just to even qualify to get in. Well, she's in her second year. And the reason why I wanted to do this show is I think the quest for all of us is to make enough money to have a very abundant life, but to also do it in a very elegant way where you're not burnt out. And I feel like All of us fall short on one of those two things. I know I've fallen short on those two things in different seasons, right? Either I'm making all the money I want and I'm overwhelmed or I'm not making the money that I want and I've got all the free time that I want. I know a lot of us wake up in that boat. Well, Melissa has mastered accomplishing both of them. Matter of fact, when she came into the mastermind two years ago, she said, my number one goal is not to make more money because she was already making seven figures. She said, it's to do it in a much more elegant way and to get rid of the overwhelm. Well, guess what? In her first year, we doubled. We doubled the amount of money she was making and we accomplished her best, happiest year ever. Like she did it in an elegant way, got a whole bunch of time back, like is so happy she lost over 20 pounds. I'm telling you, home run year. Well, we're gonna break down how she did that, what changes she made, how she was able to, you know, say no to the things that used to trap her at times. And this is just the beginning of it because she's also an expert on how to absolutely dominate LinkedIn. She owns an incredible LinkedIn agency. So we're going to teach you how to be seen on LinkedIn more and convince you that it is a major missed opportunity. I know I'm going to start showing up there bigger after this podcast. And her whole specialty going forward now is also talking about how to get rid of burnout because she did it herself. And boy, I know I always want to learn from the people that did it themselves. Anyhow, she is a very special human being that I'm excited to bring to you. I know you're going to learn a lot in this episode. And don't forget, we're friends because she first joined the mastermind and then we we're able to develop that relationship. Well, you've got an opportunity like that in front of you, not with the mastermind, but with our round table in-person strategy sessions. Now we launched one of them And it sold out in seven hours, like literally seven hours from open cart to the whole thing is sold out. And then we had almost a hundred people say, oh my God, I wanted a spot. I didn't get a spot. So we're going to open up a second date. 
if you want to have a shot at the second date, the second batch of spots, remember, we keep it small, we keep it intimate, it's two days, networking and working on your business as a group and with me and my team, literally life-changing. All you have to do to get on that VIP list, to get a chance to get one of those spots, is text me the word roundtable. Text me the word roundtable to 310-421-0416. You'll have a shot at the second round. Again, text me the word roundtable to 310-421-0416. All right, get ready, listen up, because if your goal is to double your income and cut your overwhelm in half, Melissa's going to tell us exactly how to do that now. All right, Melissa, my friend, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm so glad to be here. You know, not many people actually come record in person, so it's kind of fun to do it this way. It's typically Zoom. I know, this I, is so fun. I feel like you get a better energy, a better show, a better everything when you do it in person. It's just so damn hard to nail down. I know, that human connection, and it's just ironic that I'm here, you're here, yep. and we needed to do the podcast. Tell them why you're here, actually. This is kind of cool. So I have my own Elevate 360 Mastermind, mm-hmm. and we're hosting a week-long event, like literally around, I had no idea where you lived, but it happened to be right around the corner. Yes. Yeah. So we're here all week long working on business and life. You run your own mastermind. You're in my mastermind. Mm-hmm. Why do you think masterminds are so important to be a part of? Because you know what happens? People are like, oh, they're just doing it for the money or, oh, I don't need to be a part of that. I can just learn this way or that way. Why do you think something different changes for people at a mastermind? Oh my gosh. Loaded question. But I think one of the biggest things is when you sit in a room of people who are a couple of steps ahead of you, some of them are a couple steps behind you, maybe you come in a little bit intimidated, you're not sure what you're capable of, you get into those masterminds, like you do a beautiful job in the first of the two events we do, and you get to know these people, and you get to know that you're not much different than they are. Right. And then as the year starts to take off, different people progress in different velocities, and people around you, you see them wildly successful, and you're like, okay, that is attainable. Maybe I'm 12 steps from Chris, but I'm two steps from this person in this mastermind. And it's like the bridge that makes it possible. And you lean in because you see that you're truly capable because you see that your peers are too. I mean, that's a big piece of it to me. God, that's so good because you have to believe that something is possible before you'll take a swing at it. So you're saying it makes it tangible. It makes it like, wait a minute, she or he is not that much different than me. And then you start sharing ideas and start supporting each other. And before you know, that's where all things come from. Totally. Like I hadn't hosted mine before I attended your very first one last year. Yeah. And then I was like, I should do one of these. Right. Because when you're in an experience, like, wait, everybody, my people need this. Thing. Yes. It's interesting. So you, you had literally one of your best years ever last year. And I mean, like from a self-satisfaction, joy standpoint and a revenue standpoint. Yes. And before we unpack that, I actually want to take you back just five years ago because five years ago is the very opposite of what you experienced last year. You were stuck in corporate America. You were burnt out. You were on maternity leave and you mustered up the courage to say, you know what? Screwed. I'm out of here. Would you tell, take us back there and tell us that story? Totally. Yeah. And I think the backstory to that is just two or three years prior to that, I was totally burned out and had climbed the top of Mount Everest, have a doctorate in pharmacy, master's in clinical research. I was at the top of my game in corporate America and some of the most highly sought after positions. And I looked around, first of all, the people who are my peers and the life that they were living, the lack of time with their family. Mm -hmm. And most of them were 20 years older than me, by the way. So I was looking into the future of like what my life was going to look like Mm -hmm. if I continued down this road. Other people were raising my children. And I was like, I just can't 
I personally can't do this for 20 more years. Right. And I, I, you know, grabbed the reins and grabbed the bull by the horns and started building a business around my nine to five, mm-hmm. very similar to a little bit of, I think maybe Lori's story. Like literally building it in the pockets. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So around my nine to five, I started scaling an e-commerce business and I got it to six figures, but I was a medical director. I needed multiple six figures. Mm-hmm. And I kind of flatlined on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. And I was like, okay, what gives, how can I go further with this? And I realized my people were on LinkedIn, yeah. that I had spent an entire professional career on the platform and it was so underutilized. And I thought, let me switch positions and go market over there. Take what I've learned about attraction marketing mm-hmm. and switch platforms and see what I can do. That year that I was pregnant with my third, I had a deadline because I wanted to retire, but I needed to double that income. Right. I poured gasoline on learning LinkedIn. Poured gasoline, I committed 130% to just using that platform. And I doubled my income in e-commerce and exceeded my corporate career income. And when I was going on to maternity leave, I told my boss, I said, you know, I'm not coming back. Jeez. And he was like my father's age. Yeah. And he was trying to be very kind. He Mm. thought that the hormones had gotten to me. Oh my God. And he said... What are you doing with your life? Yeah. He said, Melissa, unless you're financially independent... I really highly suggest you take maternity leave off and you come back and let's see if we can find you a different position if this is not working well for you. Isn't it funny when people give us advice that they think is good for us, but it's actually the worst advice ever for us. It would keep you miserable. Totally. I mean, they mean well, Yeah. but it's just a great cautionary tale that you can't take advice from other people whose life you don't want to emulate. 100%. And he was looking through his own lens mm-hmm. and he was trying to caution me because he thought I was taking huge risks with this great career ahead of me, yeah. but he didn't realize I didn't want the career track he lived. Right. And he was living 60, 70 pounds overweight, Oof. traveling on airplanes everywhere, very unhealthy. And I, and I just looked at him with love and a little, you know, professionalism, but I said, you know, I guess that's where you and I are different. I am financially independent. I guess yeah. I don't need this and it's not serving me. Let and me, he looked at me like I had three heads. Let me clarify. Were you literally just like rich out of your mind at this time when you say you were financially? Or did you have the mindset of, well, I'm independent of being dependent on the salary? 100%. I was independent. I did not need the salary to pay my bills. That is so important for people to realize. Like being financially independent is as much a mindset as it is a certain financial status or number. Yeah. And if you can confidently say, nope. I don't need this thing that's not serving me. I am financially independent. Even if the math isn't there yet, that mindset is what will actually make you truly financially independent in the long run. Oh, for sure. And I will tell you, we definitely squeaked by it first. Like I ran the numbers. It's funny because two years previous, I wanted to quit. Jake, my husband was like, okay, you borrowed $200,000 for this college degree. To go to school. And you still owe like 150 of it. Wow. So I'm totally supporting you leaving this career, but I'm not sure where the income is going to come from. Let's get the loans paid off first. So that year and a half that I doubled my income in my e-com business, every penny went to paying off college loans. So that when I went to retire or quit corporate, I wiped out all my loan debts. That was like $1,500 a month I'd been paying. And I didn't need full-time childcare anymore. So when we started to run the numbers, it made total sense for a little while. It was totally fine for me to quit. Yeah. And then put my oxygen mask on and decide what did I want to do next? There's so much I want to unpack here because I want to bring everybody along for the ride. So let's go back to the part where you said you have have your doctorate. I mean, you are literally Dr. Melissa Hanalt, right? Which is such a cool thing to say. Yeah. And most people would say, I've spent 200 grand on an education. I've spent all these years saying I'm going to be 
blank. It's my identity. What will people say if I walk away from such a good thing? That's the trap. Walking away from from a bad thing is easy. Walking away from a quote, good thing where people say, oh, you should be grateful or hey, you put so much into this. That's the trap. Totally. What'd you reconcile in your head to be able to walk away from all that? It was a very pivotal moment. I was reading the book by Tim Ferriss called Mm -hmm. The 4-Hour Work Week. Love that book. Because I was straddling a very high level professional role with Mm -hmm. a lot of responsibility and scaling a global e-com business around it. And I was trying to figure out how could I work my corporate job in four hours a week so I can scale my dream, right? And when I was reading the book, one of the chapters talked about an attorney and his analogy hit me directly in the soul. He talked about this attorney who was, his analogy was she was a miserable cow standing in the rain only sitting in her career continuously for the perception of others because of the title that she'd spent so much time on. She literally was standing there and I could visualize me as that cow, miserable cow standing in the rain, even though I had all this income coming in from econ that I could very, not easily, but I would, yeah, easily leave corporate. And at that point, the only thing that was holding me there was my ego of sitting down at the dinner table over Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and people saying, Melissa, what are you doing now? And instead of saying, oh, I'm, you know, medical director of Fortune 500 and I have this amazing, sexy career, it would be like, well, I'm doing this online business that no one understands. Yeah, and it doesn't come with the accolades and the respect and all that. And all the, and again, to LinkedIn, my LinkedIn network knew me as this executive professional. Another place that you've got identity already established. Yes, but that was also the light bulb mm-hmm. because when I went public on LinkedIn to quit my job, I could have never predicted how much that would generate so much wildfire and conversation of other corporate professionals who were living the same miserable cow scenario in the rain that I was. And when I publicly quit and started to honestly talk about it on LinkedIn, it was bananas how many other people felt the same way. And that actually birthed my brand burnout to all out. Yeah. I saw a stat that said 72% of people want to quit their job yeah. that currently have jobs. Yeah. It's a real thing. Totally. Most people don't have the the guts to yeah. do what you did. Yeah. Let's now talk about you going and informing your husband. Yeah. So you're like, hey, hubby, years in school, a yeah. couple hundred grand that we yeah. invested into this degree. I promised to keep up this end of, of my earning for the family. Yeah. What was that conversation like? I know you said he was supportive, but what did the conversation really sound like from the beginning? Yeah. So we had to work through it. Mm -hmm. I would say when I first started to scale my e-com business, he thought it was cute. Oh, yeah. Oh, that cute thing you're doing. Yeah. And I was making a little couple thousand extra dollars a month. And it was more just like we were building a new custom home. Yeah. And I'll never forget in the building process. And I decided I wanted all marble in the master bath. And he was like, oh, you're you're blowing the budget for all the stone in the whole house. And I was like, well, actually, I can pay for it. And he's like, wow. what? And that was the moment for him that he was like, okay, this is... It's not a little cute thing anymore. Yeah. 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 And when he saw me just making massive strokes at paying off these loans, paying tens of thousands of dollars every month, just like chipping away, but I will say it was an evolution. Even those couple of years, all the way through quitting corporate and even launching my coaching business, it took some time because he's not an entrepreneur mm-hmm. for him to build the trust and security, I guess, that that the risk was worth what I was doing. Yeah. But I will say on the flip side, because he's, you know, kind of the heir apparent to becoming president of this company, yeah. there was a lot of conversation around dy- energetically and dynamically how the both of us, and that was part of our conversation, both of us can't continue down these alleys. Yeah. 
in our levels of career and ever have a third child. Right. That was a big reason it took us four years to have another kid because wow. it was like he was refused to have another kid with both of us being such high performers in our businesses. So he, I will say, ultimately embraced that I could be, never said I want to be a stay-at-home mom. Right. I was very clear but that I would work from home. Mom, who's way more present and it allowed him to put the pedal to the metal with his career, with me working from home, with a more flexible schedule than his. This yeah. is, I hope that people are so inspired that no matter what your situation is, with some planning and, and some courage, you can put yourself in position to free yourself yeah. from whatever trap you're in right now. Yeah. And I want to talk about the planning involved. You didn't go from, I don't want to do this to, I'm just going to go home and make all this money. Yeah. It sounds like there was a little period of time where you started, like you said, building a side business yeah. in the pockets of your day. And that was your e-com business. What did that look like in, in, from, in the beginning in execution? Yeah, I'll never forget. We sat at a little coffee shop. I'll never forget the day that it was, it became officially official that the two of us sat down at a little coffee shop and started to look at the numbers because wow. the business had gotten big enough and I had paid off all of my college loans at that point. It was a great time. I had this, actually had this amazing corporate salary, yeah. massive your bonuses, and I had the money coming in from the e-com business. It was really kind of nice. What was the e-com business? Isogenics. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Network marketing. Perfect. So I will never forget us sitting down at, at a table and running the numbers and being like, okay, when I was in corporate, this amount of money was my contribution to the family. Yeah. Can I still make that contribution now? And what we did is we did the math and we said, absolutely, especially if you subtract the $1,500 a month, I no longer have to pay for college loans. But I will say to all your listeners, you know, it wasn't one of those things where I was just like, I'm going to quit my job and then go grow a business. It was like very calculated. I mean, nine months, three years from when I started the business in Isogenics and Network Marketing to when I actually told my boss I quit. Okay, so question. I want to pa- you pause right there. Yeah. It took you three years to actually execute the dream. Mm-hmm. But the dream, like, did you know you wanted to leave your medical director position on day one of that three years? No. Okay, so when did that creep in? Well, I guess technically, well, I should say probably where I started to really feel it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you can appreciate this. I, as a medical director, when I first started, I covered North Carolina and South Carolina. Right. So my direct reports were all physicians who lived in two states that I could drive to. Mm-hmm. And I had two kids in diapers. Oh, gosh. Okay. Then the company went through a massive consolidation. Our department was one of the most expensive departments per mm-hmm. head because we're all professionals with yeah. professional degrees. Giant salaries. And so they went from 12 directors to two. Oof. And I was retained. So your workload went through the roof. Yes. That was the wall kicking moment for me. I should have been grateful that now I still have a job, Mm -hmm. but they also, a lot of the direct reports got fired Mm -hmm. or laid off. I didn't have a single direct report in North Carolina anymore. And what I was looking at based off the policy was I was going to be on a plane and gone four days a week to keep my job. And that was the moment. That was the moment, Chris, that I realized I have a paycheck. I'm paid very well. But I have absolutely no control over my life. Yep. yep. I have no control. I've never felt so backed up against a wall. And that was the moment I started to think creatively about how can I get out of this? Yeah. And it's not going to happen overnight, but I'm willing to do it. And I cannot tell you the polar opposite emotion three years later when I told my boss I quit. Yeah. Because I had all the control. Mm-hmm. Right. It's interesting. I always say the best thing money can buy is choice. Mm. So you had a great salary, but you didn't have choice. No. And you had to be able to put yourself in position to actually have choice. Otherwise, 
what's it all for? You could have no money, you could have a ton of money, but if you don't have choice, then it's all for nothing. And so you had to take yourself from well compensated to actually truly free Mm -hmm. by setting yourself up. Now, I want to fast forward. You, you know, five years later, all of a sudden you've got this incredible business. It is multiple seven figures, absolutely crushing it, multiple income sources. So super stable, right? All your eggs are not in one basket. You're doing it correctly. Except a year ago, you found yourself burnt out once again. again. Yes. Okay. So two questions. One, how is it that we keep finding ourselves back in these positions? Because I've got those stories. Lori's got those stories. How is it that we keep finding ourselves back in those positions? And what'd you do about it? Yeah. So I think it's self-reflection. I think part of it is just part of our personalities, which makes us successful. Right. The driven part. Right. But then it's like, there's been a lot of self-discovery and inner work over the past year and a half to recalibrate how I define success Mm -hmm. and how I'm taking care of myself. And part of it goes into being an Enneagram eight and like Mm. the achiever and like feeling safe. But also I will say that scaling a business takes hustle. Yeah, I do think that, and I, I will say this, even though I really promote harmony and joy and taking care of yourself in business, but I do believe it takes a certain amount of hustle to get a business yeah. up off the ground. Yeah, I do too. And so that was when I came to you, it was my first million. Mm-hmm. I did a million in 19 months and it nearly killed me. I went from zero to a million dollars in 19 months in a business that I decided to start. In Congrats, a- by the way. <laughs> But it, thank you. But it, it nearly killed me. Yeah. But the point is, I think the key is to be able to recognize when that piece of momentum is not needed and that hustle is not necessarily needed anymore. Yes. Business, yep. Then you have to start recalibrating. I don't think you ever meet a wildly successful person who says, well, that was just super easy. I no. just laid back and it came to me, but there's a place where you have to like recalibrate yeah. before you just end up in burnout. All over again. Never, I, I haven't met a single successful person who had ease and joy and flow getting the machine built, yeah. right? And I'm so glad you touched on that. Is I think one of the most disempowering beliefs is this belief in work like work life balance and this belief that it's going to be joyful and elegant while you're you're getting the rocket ship off the ground. It's not. Right. It's going to be sweaty and it's going to be hard and there's going to be things that you want to do that you can't do and it's everything about it's going to be messy and tiring. Right. What you said is brilliant. It's catching it Mm -hmm. as soon as you can and as soon as you have the momentum Mm -hmm. and doing something about it. What'd you do about it specifically? I invested in you. (laughs) I appreciate that. But you did a lot of things on your own. Like what the actions look like? Yeah, no, but seriously, I mean, you absolutely investing in you and telling you and joining your mastermind, but telling me from day one, I was like, Chris, I don't need to make any more money this year. I was like, I just need to be healthy and I need to be happy. Like if you can help me this year, I can make the same amount of money and reprioritize things. Mm -hmm. And I think that I took a lot of steps last year and you helped hold me accountable Mm -hmm. to prioritizing joy. You helped me identify things like hiring a house manager, like like realizing my hourly worth and stop doing the things that didn't require me anymore Mm -hmm. to create more ease and elegance in my life. Yeah. And firing toxic team members. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this earlier today in, in my in my my small team yep. in the house. And there were critical moments this past year when I fired certain people that the business skyrocketed. Right. Different pieces of the business that weren't serving us anymore, yeah. just being done with it. And it's skyrocketing. But I think the number one thing that I did was actually go back to making my vessel, my body, the number one priority. Healthy and to full take, of energy. Yes. 
You like, lost like 20 sleep, pounds 20 or something, pounds. didn't you? That's insane. 20 pounds, went to a plant-based diet. I was like, I need to train like an athlete, professional athlete. Right. Because professional athletes know that their bodies are their number one asset. Yeah. Well, as entrepreneurs, is it not the same? No, it totally is the same. Right. And you know what's funny? When you feel like I'm tired or I don't have energy, people don't realize it. And Brendan Bouchard's done such a good job of, of reminding Lori and I of this. You are the generator. You create the energy. And if you're not feeling energy, it's not because you're missing energy. It's because you're not creating energy by eating the right things and moving your body and choosing the right propaganda and reading and, and right? Like, you need to feed the generator the right things to generate the energy. And you start doing that. Well, and, and again, even back to your mastermind, because joining your community, I had come out of a mastermind that I got really great strategy from, but there was a lot of toxicity going around in that community. And you are the energy that you surround yeah. yourself with. And so shifting and plopping down at a table with a different energy with people with different strategies that I'd never seen before. And then being able to collaborate. There were so many swaps in your mastermind this yeah. last year of our team doing agency work yep. LinkedIn with people in the mastermind that we needed their, their services. Mm-hmm. And it really helped us open our eyes to different ways that we could scale that I didn't think were possible before. So huge. And then the inner work, like learning hypno breath work and basically how to regulate a dysregulated nervous system, yeah. realizing as entrepreneurs, we're constantly towing the edge, which mm-hmm. dysregulates our nervous system. Yep. Then how are we re-regulating? Are we going to a glass of wine at night to numb out? Or are we using healthy modalities to actually release that stress? What would some healthy modalities be? Because I think almost all successful entrepreneurs I know, they almost become addicted to this unhealthy nervous system. Yes. And you've got to feel like you're in momentum. You got to feel like you're producing. You got to feel like there's urgency. And it's a very common trait among all of us. And it can really whack you out. It can. So what were some healthy choices that you chose to bring it back down? Yeah. So a couple of things may sound a little crazy, but one thing I started doing is endurance running. I actually felt that long distance running, I could clear my mind. Mm -hmm especially being outside. It was kind of a running meditation kind of thing to kind of release the stress. Another one that I really got into this year is hypno breath work, learning how to do certain breath work that actually helps you think and tap into your subconscious and become a creative thinker. Because what happens when we're under that fight or flight, like all this stress, we lose the oxygenation because of our breathing patterns. And we also lose the blood flow to our forebrain because we're thinking from a critical place, like the saber-toothed tiger is going to get me. Mm-hmm. And so it's our our lower brainstem that's making us try to survive. And you can't think creatively or create magic from right. that state. So learning how to slow down and learning how to breathe through anxiety and stress, like literally blocking my calendar out for 30, 30 minutes in the middle of the day when like there's fire everywhere and just laying down, putting my eye mask on, literally breathing through what's going on and re-regulate so that by the end of the day, I'm not like grabbing a glass of wine from this ridiculously stressful day. Kind of like, and a lot of folks, you know, it's that change of guard from business to kids. Mm. It's like you shift from being on to like being on again. Right. And I know so many moms that get through that by like, you know, a half a bottle of wine. Right. So I even got into these like sparkling flavored waters to drink in the evening. That's my addiction. Right. Mine is uh, lemon cello sparkling water. It's the best. Yeah. 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 Okay. So paint the dream for people a little bit. We've already talked financially. You're killing it. 
has your family noticed a difference and has it paid off? Has it been worth it all? It's been so cool, Chris. It's been so cool. Jake has become like my biggest advocate. He can't wait to meet you this summer. Oh, I can't wait either. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be great. I'm seeing them mirror some of the things that I'm doing. Oh, right? that's cool. And so for instance, one of the things I did earlier this year is I wrote down resonances of gratitude mm-hmm. and then 10 things that are words of affirmation for myself. Oh, wow. And I have to tell you like three days later, I, and they're taped in my bathroom. Mm-hmm. I came into the bathroom and my husband had done the same thing. No. Yes. Without prompting. Without prompting. See, that's so cool. I'm telling you, like our wives are so good for us. They lead by example. If your husband or wife, really, but if you're afraid to lead by example because you're, you're afraid of being judged, you just got to do it. Yeah. Because then I end up copying Lori's stuff. Sounds like yeah. Jake ends up copying your yeah. stuff and, yeah. and then everyone's happier. Yeah. Well, and I think he's seeing me. He's seeing this play out five years later. Yeah. You know, that I've just put my foot down and was like, I can't live like this anymore. And he's seen the ups and downs for me, but he's seeing me stabilize now Wow! and create this space and joy for the whole family. Yeah. Right. And making it a priority and everybody's kind of picking it up. And my kids like to meditate. Yeah, That's awesome. I, I love that you took the time to paint what it could look like for anyone who's listening, who's, who's stressed out. All right. Now let's switch modes a little bit to LinkedIn because you're known as the, you know, the master of LinkedIn and, and you've made so much money and created so many leads and yeah. such an audience on LinkedIn. Yeah. And that's of course what you teach other people to do. When did LinkedIn enter the picture? Well, great question. It was when I was about into that, my year and a half out of my three-year journey mm-hmm. with my e-com business, where I kind of caught the tail end of Facebook at being like a hot place to grow a business. Yeah. You know, like you think about Facebook of like 2015, where a lot of marketers were able uh-huh. to like scale businesses. It's easy to get lots of views, the whole nine yeah. yards. Yeah. So I was kind of on the tail end of that generation. And what happened is my business started to flatline at about a year and a half when, you know, the numbers had been shooting up and then they just kind of got flat. And that's when I started to think creatively, like I said earlier, and I said, let me go over to LinkedIn. Yeah. Did somebody tell you to, or you just thought? No, it was, well, part of it was the book, The Blue Ocean. Okay. Yeah. So about creating your own new market. I read a ton of books. That's such a good book. Yeah. So when I read The Blue Ocean, it really got me thinking. I was like, everyone's marketing and selling on Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yet there's this whole professional platform that people are on every single day, Yeah. but people don't know how to market over there. They think that it's an employee-based platform, and we'll talk a little bit about that. I went in, and I was researching, and I found every course I could about LinkedIn, and it was all about getting a job. It was all for like recruiting. And like there was, I learned all the knobs and the things, the dials to turn on. Yeah, the they were just intended for a different audience. Right. And so that's when I hired my first one-on-one coach and she sat down with me and she was like, you have a business with this that, that you can sell to other marketers after I really figured it out. So I guess where I'm going with that is I figured out everything I could about LinkedIn. And then I took attraction marketing that I knew on the other platforms and I just applied it to LinkedIn with learning the platform and it took off. And when it took off, my e-com business doubled wow. in size. Wow. And actually at the time, the Quisogenics, the company I was working for, Kathy Cooper hired me to train them the top 25 yeah, platinums because they saw like because they saw my business right, taking off. Right. And that's when I knew I was onto something. When I was like, okay, when this company's hiring me to train their top performers. Right. And it's gotten me to double my business in yep. a year. Then my strategies could probably help a lot of people. This is a, in you know, all a fields market. Yeah. yeah. And so that's when I read the book, The Blue Ocean. 
And this study, this case study with Yellowtail made me think about LinkedIn, about how Yellowtail, if you know the story, I'll really quickly just say that they never competed with the wine industry. Mm -hmm. They decided we're going to go after the beer and cocktail industry because there's way more people who drink beer and cocktails than drink wine. We're going to make it super simple. It's not going to be complicated. Mm -hmm. And in that case study, they saw Yellowtail just take off and cannibalize the beer market. They didn't go after the wine Mm -hmm. industry. And so my point to all of that was I was like, Nobody's marketing on LinkedIn. Right. I can go find a whole different audience and not compete with everyone else. With other saturation. Yeah. That's incredible. Okay. So any industry Mm -hmm. can thrive on LinkedIn now. You don't have to be an employee. It's not employee culture anymore. No, service-based entrepreneurs for sure. I think I sent you something last year. It was like a joke meme about LinkedIn influencers. Has it gotten to that point? Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, and here's the funny thing. You don't, you don't have to have, this is the biggest difference. And this is why I will promote LinkedIn, especially for newer entrepreneurs till the cows come home. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have a huge audience to be wildly successful. Talk to me about that. Paint that like in detail for me. Yeah. So part of it is LinkedIn, the algorithms are Mm -hmm. completely different. So first of all, there's way less users on the platform. Okay. There's the people, the average income on LinkedIn is about 100,000 or higher. Way higher than so the other platforms. Yep. Yeah, they're more affluent and they're why they're there, right? So people are on LinkedIn because they're there for looking for authorities. Mm. They're there to network mm-hmm. and they're there to learn and grow. And so with that, I will say the average age on LinkedIn is about 35. Okay. And the reason I'm bringing all of this up is because it's a niche audience sure. on LinkedIn. They're more affluent. They have degrees for the most part, and they're of a certain age. And so it's a smaller niche audience than Facebook and Instagram, which brings me back to your original question. How can you win with so fewer connections on yeah. LinkedIn? You're not competing with the masses and all the Versions are way higher. Only 4% of people post content on LinkedIn. What? But... LinkedIn had its highest year yet in revenue and their highest year yet in number of users on the platform, especially because of our economy right now. So 96% of people are just scoping out everybody else's stuff. Well, yes. And it's because a lot of people think of LinkedIn as an as SEO and a search engine, yep. right? So what I want you to think about is the activity on LinkedIn is countercyclical. When the economy goes down, activity on goes LinkedIn up. goes up. Interesting. People think about LinkedIn being B2B but they don't realize that their customer, what you sell right now because of the state of the economy is actually more active on LinkedIn than ever. I've never thought about this. This is really good stuff. It's mind blowing, right? Like here's the other thing I want you to think about. The number one device for Instagram and Facebook is your phone. So what we know is people multitask when they're on their phone and they're easily distracted. They're watching TV and scrolling. What do you think the number Hopefully not driving, but driving is scrolling. Yeah. What do you think the number one device is for LinkedIn? It got to be your laptop. It's the computer. Yeah. So I want you to think about this. Most users on LinkedIn have a laptop. I mean, they have LinkedIn and they have Facebook and Instagram, okay. but their mindset and what they're open to when they're using particular devices matters. Okay. okay? So I don't know about you, but a lot of people, their alarm is their phone in the morning. Yep. Yeah. Their phone goes off. The first thing they do, they're wiping sleep from their eye and they're scrolling mm-hmm. the gram. They're brewing their coffee. They're going to the bathroom. Hopefully they're getting my morning text first. I hope that's what they're doing first. But the bottom line is they're there for a dopamine hit. Yeah. They're there to zone out. Yeah. Okay. Before they have to face oh, their day. Exactly. Same person. They've showered. They've seen their kids off to school. They've got their cup of coffee. They've gotten through their work emails. Now they're going to go to the number one trusted social media platform. Because they're in social- professional mode now. Yes. Interesting. So when you post on Facebook, when you post on Instagram and they come across it, 
they're in dopamine mode, want to zone out. So they may not want to interact with an opportunity. But then after they're showered, kids are off and they switch to perfect. We all have professional mode, right? Right. That's when they're seeing your posts on LinkedIn. So their likelihood of taking action is way higher. Yes. And only 4% of people are posting content. I haven't thought of any of this, by the way. Yes. So it doesn't matter what industry you're in. So I'll give you an example. So RT, we both know sells luxury watches. watches, Yeah. He, I think he sold like, he's sold three luxury watches now through LinkedIn simply by, we have started to create a brand for him over there where executives and CEOs see the content. That's his perfect audience, by the way, too. These guys are scrolling Instagram. No, especially because of what his watches are. His watches are hundred year old pocket watches converted into wrist watches. That is a 30-something or 40-something-year-old professional that wants that and appreciates the history. Right. It's not a 20-something in yes. most cases. But I'm telling you, even like one of our clients does plus-size custom clothing okay. for women. Okay. She's crushing it on LinkedIn. Who do you think has the discretionary funds to pay for something Of course, like people, that? the professionals. Yep. Yeah. We got a guy who does professional photography that he promises to help you find your partner better more accurately because his photos are like for dating, for dating apps. Yeah, they're better representative of you. Yeah. Yeah. And where I have to go with that is it doesn't matter who your end customer is. Nine times out of 10 in this economy, people are more active because of a down economy. People question everything. Just think about myself a couple of years ago in corporate when I was reorged and had this massive change in my career. The first thing I did was go to LinkedIn and be like, okay, who do I need to connect with in case yeah. I need to do something different? Yeah. So people lurk on the platform, but they're not posting. So those of us who are, are crushing it. You can make the same post on, you can go to my LinkedIn account right now and see, I have the same post on LinkedIn as I do on Instagram or Facebook, wildly more engagement, wildly viral compared to the other platforms with like 4,000 people on my network. Okay. Do me next. You know, my brand, what would I post on LinkedIn? Oh, you could What type it. of content would it be? If you managed my social, yeah. what would the messaging be? Oh, there's so many incredible content pillars we could do for you. Okay, would I put my episodes on? What You're, would I do? So the number one thing I want your listeners to keep in mind is the reason people go to LinkedIn is for personal development okay. and connecting and networking and looking for authorities, right? Everybody who's listening should go Google themselves, by the way. Okay. Nine times out of 10, unless you have a huge brand, mm-hmm. Your LinkedIn profile shows up on SEO, like up top. Okay. Okay? Okay. So they're finding you. For you, what I would think of is you could do, oh my gosh, there's a million different, you would definitely use your podcast episodes. We use ours, but all your knowledge and expertise in business. Would it be as simple as like, hey guys, dropped a new episode on five things to do with your money? Like literally that simple and a link to the episode? And this is going to blow some people's minds. Some of our best content right now are my educational based reels from Instagram. So it's not like you have to create anything new. New. Okay. This is like our live event here in in Arizona. We've got a great graphic with some great music. I've gotten more traction on that on LinkedIn where people are like, what is this mastermind? Like, what are you guys teaching? So people want to be empowered. They want to learn. How can you bring value to them? Like you have a lot of cool stuff you could coach on around money and multiple streams of mm-hmm. income, business, like what you're doing with the, the product space, with yep. the app, with tech. Yep. And I think about your price point for your mastermind. Mm-hmm. And this is something I think a lot of your listeners need to think about. We've never had more online entrepreneurs as we do today. And a lot of it's been the mass exodus from corporate. Yep. These people have the discretionary funds, the, the savings mm. to launch these dream businesses that they've always wanted to do. And it took COVID for them to just say, I didn't like that job anyway, yeah. and start something different. You have a huge audience who's 
home base has always been LinkedIn that have the discretionary funds to invest in a $40,000, $50,000 mastermind. This is mind blowing. So one, I've got to start playing over on LinkedIn for sure. Like it, it's a non-negotiable for me going forward. I'm, I'm totally going to do it. Is it better to figure it out yourself or is it bigger to, better to pay an agency to do it? What do you think? Yeah, well, you can go different routes. And I think it depends on time versus money, right? Like what do you have the bandwidth for? You can hire an agency or you can learn it yourself. It just depends on the, the time versus yeah. money for you. So it's what's right for you. You've got a tool mm-hmm. that helps people kind of get the low-hanging fruit of it. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. So we have our LinkedIn checklist. Okay. I created this way back in my e-com days. Okay. It's like a when I wanted to create duplication mm-hmm. in my business and teach other people how to scale on LinkedIn, yeah. I created this checklist. And to this day, it's what we offer our clients inside of our academy. If you spend 30 minutes a day... On this checklist, it teaches you how to nurture and grow, you know, your brand and grow your network in just 30 minutes a day to win over there. Talk to me right now about someone who says, well, I don't have 30 minutes a day. Yeah. Sell me on why they should invest 30 minutes a day on this checklist. So the definition of consistency, let me talk about this for a second. You can be successful on any social media platform. Mm -hmm. You absolutely can. Mm -hmm. It depends on the definition of consistency for each platform. So consistency on Instagram is three reels a day and 18 stories, right? And so if you have time to try to play the Instagram game and curate three reels a day, what I want to cast a vision to your listeners is three to four value add posts on LinkedIn a week. You don't have to curate these perfect reels. Per week, not per day. Yeah, per week. Dang, that feels like a lot less lifting than Instagram. Yes. And a lot of people like you, if you're a podcast creator, if you've written books, you've written chapters, there's so much content you can repurpose that you don't have to do anything extra. And the return on investment is huge. So you're spending, you know, doing three to four posts a week Mm -hmm. and you're not competing with the masses. Your content is being seen by a tight targeted audience. By the way, the organic views, remember Facebook? Yeah. Uh, Like, uh, 10 years ago when like great. mom would like something yeah. and you would see her likes. Yep. So that still happens today on LinkedIn. So like when someone in your network likes something, you see what they like. And I don't know how to create more. There's so much exponential power on this. When I went public with leaving corporate, my the general manager in big pharma, which big North America, right? right liked and commented on my post. Okay. He has 20,000 connections. And then they saw that he liked your stuff. That's right. His 20,000 people in his network. people are nosy. So they're going to go look, wait, why would he like Melissa's stuff? Hundreds of comments before I got off the plane. I made the post before I got on the plane. Got off the plane. I had hundreds of comments and it was because his network saw everything I posted. So this goes back to why should you be spending 30 minutes a day on LinkedIn? Because the return on investment is 10x what you could get on the other platforms. One of my favorite things about you is you are a kind, generous soul. So people probably think right now that this checklist is for sale and it's not. No. This literally very in-depth 30 minutes a day, you'll totally win on on LinkedIn is free to people. Yeah. Well, where do they get it? They go to livethefreelife.co forward slash checklist. Mm Livethefreelife.co forward slash checklist. Yep. Okay. So guys, if you're listening right now, literally hit pause. You know, I'm always big on saying hit pause Mm because as soon as this podcast is over, if you think you're going to go do it, you're not going to, your kids are going to tug at you or you're going to get out of the car or your workout's going to be done. So you have good intentions, but you won't follow through. So if you want this free checklist, go to say it one more time. Livethefreelife.co dot co forward slash checklist. All right, hit pause, go there, 
download it and then come back so, so that we can get the rest of this goodness in. All right. So what's next for you? Is, is How long of a, a shelf life will this LinkedIn exposure have before everybody abuses it? Oh my gosh. I think LinkedIn's just getting started. They're rolling out new things all the time. You know, it used to be an employee-based platform yep. and recruiters. And especially since the, the, the explosion post-COVID of all these entrepreneurs on the platform, they're rolling out new things like audio events, like Clubhouse. Yeah. They're rolling out so much technology for service-based entrepreneurs, service-based business owners that I think there's a massive runway. Like I said, highest revenue year yet with yeah. LinkedIn. There's a huge runway over the next couple of years. It's a great place to be first to market. It's interesting because I'm about to start doing something called roundtable group strategy sessions. Mm -hmm. And it came from, you know, Brendan Bouchard put this together for us a few weeks ago. And and Lori and I walked away, like the simplicity of sitting around a U-shaped table Mm -hmm. and working on each other's business for a few days in a row Mm -hmm. was amazing. I'm like, you know, I want to do that for other people. So no mastermind commitment, no anything, just a simple come show up for two days and and like you're going to leave a different person with different relationships. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that if I spent time investing in LinkedIn, mm-hmm. that's something that would just crush over there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Okay. You've got my commitment. I'm going to give LinkedIn a solid 60 day in a row yes. run. I really yes. am. And well, it'll be like a test Yes. To, to see. Yes. Now, and let me tell you, and this is good for your listeners too. You can't just post content. I need okay. you growing your connections too. Okay, talk about this. Because this is the fatal mistake. My my first business... Because I would post and go. That's right. And so Kate, you and I both know Kayla, love her to death. And she has, you know, hundreds of followers, hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram. Yeah. And she said, Melissa, I posted all my stuff over on LinkedIn and no one ever engaged. And I said, and this is a good example. I said, well, Kayla, when's the last time you grew your network? And she said, well, I guess when I was getting like my nursing degree, I'm trying to get my first nursing job. And I said, right. okay. So a decade ago, you were growing a network with women nurses, mm-hmm. and now you are a business Selling coach. social media and everything else, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, you're marketing to the wrong people. Uh, so what I want you guys to make sure of is spend half your time creating content or posting content that, look back at last year, what were the best posts that converted? Go use create, those. Go use those and start growing your network with your ideal audience. The best way to do that is there's a search function on LinkedIn. So you can, it's the only platform that's truly a search engine. You can grow your connections that way or go to the active influencers that are using the platform, see the people engaging in their posts. So the active influencers in your niche area, see the people engaging. Those are active users on the platform who would like what you have to put out and start requesting to connect with them. Now you're growing an audience that you can market to. How many requests a day should I put in? Okay, that's a good question. It depends on the person. LinkedIn is different than the other platforms. They don't like you to be super spammy. Mm -hmm. And they put a 5% on your total network cap per day. Okay, so if you've got 10,000 people in your network, they're going to allow you to connect with 500 people. That's right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or if you got a thousand, it's going to be 50 people. That's right. Now I would say if you've gone, if you've been dark for a year, I wouldn't just jump to that tomorrow. I would taper a little bit for a week and then you can put the gas on. I'm curious. Is there like the blue check mark of LinkedIn? Do they have edification like that or anything? So it's just an equal playing field. Yeah. And that's the last thing I'll say is people are surprised. 
I don't have a paid account and I coach to this. I've, we've made millions without yeah. a paid account. You do not need a premium account to be successful on LinkedIn. There are better analytics. Yeah. You can request to connect with more people, but Gary V has said it best. He, if you guys can go listen to Gary V, he's, he, he is still LinkedIn. such an advocate for LinkedIn. Yes. All his recent stuff. He's like, yes. don't miss this it's window. Huge. Don't it's miss this window. Right there with him. And he says the worst thing you can do is use sales navigator because people think it's a free chance to just blast like spam connecting with people. How many people you get these random spam requests to connect mm-hmm. from that because people just, have the number of people that Navigator allows you to request to connect with more people. What we teach is authentic connections with the right network. You can have 500 to a thousand people in your network on LinkedIn and make a million dollars a year because they're a niche audience that engage with what you like. And it gets visibility to the people who are like your people and you can grow a massive business versus having a hundred thousand people who aren't necessarily all your audience on Instagram or Facebook. Because their audience is seeing and engaging with your stuff without being your audience directly. Yeah. Okay. I'm so sold on this. Like I'm actually genuinely excited right now. I want to switch modes to start to put a bow on this thing. Obviously, generosity is is part of your ethos. I've watched you. You're an incredible human being. Getting to know you over the past couple of years has been, been one of my favorite things. What is something generous or kind that you've been able to do now that you've been so successful? Oh my gosh, this is like close to my soul right now. One of the things I do right now is because hypno breath work and being a pharmacist and understanding the dysregulation that happens as an entrepreneur, I've become really passionate about doing private sessions Mm -hmm. for fellow entrepreneurs to help recalibrate their nervous system because I know what it's like to be in the undertow and feel like you can't find your way out. Right. And so I've just been doing on the side, totally free at nights, doing some breathwork sessions with some really high level seven, eight figure entrepreneurs who just are at a point I've been at before with the level of stress they have. And I'm just showing them a new way to. People need to understand how freaking generous, you know, it's easier to write a check than it is to give an hour of your time every night when you're already busy, you're already tired or burnt out, or you had a long day or like. It's easier to write a check than it is to give oh, your yeah, time and expertise. Sure. So the fact yeah. that you're doing that is is absolutely incredible. Aww, you. You're about to kick your mastermind off this week. Yes. What's your wish for them? What do you want them to get out of it this week? Oh, man. I want them to walk away with the clarity that they can totally elevate not just their business, but their lives to a place that they couldn't imagine when they first got here today. When they walk away on Thursday, Friday... I want them to be so elevated in their vision of where they're headed with such clarity and confidence and it not just be about business, but it be the full circle of life and joy and all things. I've seen you've got a great lineup for them to be able to do that. And I get to go over and and help them with that as well. I can't wait. They cannot wait. Some of them have already reached out. They're like, oh, I'm so excited. It's just that makes me that much more excited to go over and, and, and spend a bunch of time with them. Can people still join your mastermind or is it sold out? It's totally sold out, okay. but we do have a wait list for next year. Okay. They can go to livethefreelife.co and they can check it out. Click on um, Mastermind. They'll be able to. Okay. It's a wait list. Yeah. So we'll start taking applicants in October. I love it. Yeah. Well, thanks for, you know, I know what it's like to set up a Mastermind. It's a lot of work. Yeah. And the fact that you took time to come over today. Yeah, it was synchronistic that would happen to be in the same town, like a mile away. Yeah. But nonetheless, the fact that you took time to come over today, do this in person, you get a much better energy exchange in person. Yeah. And like, not just sell me, but hopefully sell all the listeners on LinkedIn has been an absolute gift. Thank you so much. Thank you for making the space for me to be here. And 
I just want you to know what an incredible human being I think you are. I think you're making a huge impact on, I know that you've made a huge impact on me. You've like totally changed my life and how I prioritize things. And it's a ripple effect with these people that I get to lead this week. It's a reflection of you. And then it's a ripple effect what they walk away with because of the, the curation of events that you've been able to curate. It's a ripple down effect for me and the other people that I'm able to touch. I received that. I thank you for that. And I'm excited that we get to do it together. Give me the best. Yes. Thanks for coming. I thank you. totally just adore and appreciate you. Oh, thank you. And uh, we'll do this again. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Can't wait. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success. 